you could drink water. Welcome to Bonehead Weekly. It's it's part two of 1983. Now I know you found that last episode riveting. Well, well it's a prequel, so. you see, to uh, Orwell's 1984. Well, and the thing is, is we're recording this before the first episode drops. We don't know if you found it riveting, but I do know that the YouTube is up for some odd reason. And you guys love it when we talk about mothers. That was a good pick on our side, I guess. Thank you. Appreciate it. Don't know why you're coming to the YouTube, but thank you. No, please do. And tell your friends. Tell Tell your your enemies. Subscribe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wherever you get podcasts, subscribe and tell your enemies and friends. So, James, we're up to July 1st. Am I correct? Chad, yeah, July alive? 1st. And and yeah. now, if you remember, just to, just to refresh your memory, let's say you did watch the first part, but you're like, well, we're to July. What was going on? Well, once again, this is a quick reminder. For much of the first part of the year, Chad's favorite film, Tootsie, ruled the box office, even Ugh. though it came out in 1982. And then we get the Star Wars episode uh, one there, you say, or, I'm sorry, I'm, episode four, five, I'm, six, something, I don't know, episode six, Return of the Jedi. Um, I just want to point out, I will eventually watch Tootsie, and I'm going to hate myself if I go, damn, that's a good movie. I haven't seen it in years. Meanwhile, Chad, I hate myself for loving you. Oh, Meanwhile, I go, go I'm fuck gonna, yourself. I'm going to start saying, <laughs> I do every it day. Pick it up. With all the choices I've made in my life, Chad, I assure you I do every day. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so Tootsie and then Star Wars comes out. Star Wars was in a limited amount of theaters compared to some other stuff. We talked about some of the other films that came out and had way more theaters, but of course, couldn't topple Return of the Jedi. And then we had Superman 3, Twilight Zone, some of the other ones. But gentlemen, July 1st, you would think, hey, you're heading into the July 4th weekend. Surely you're going to have a new release that will replace something. Well, let me just go through the top 10, and I'll let you know when I get to the uh, new release. Of course, Star Wars uh, Return of the Jedi holds on to number one. Superman 3 holds on at number two. Trading Places was in fifth, but moves up to third. Twilight Zone maintains number four. Porky's 2, the next day, falls to number five after being at number three. Octopussy holds on at number six for you Bond fans. War Games is at number seven, and it is not until number eight that we get a release that premieres at $5,886,571. And you know what that new release is, gentlemen. It's a film that we all talk about as being the gestalt of cinema of 1983. That would be, of course, Stroker Ace. (laughs) <laughs> that premiered at number eight i premiered at number eight gentlemen hmm. number nine was the survivors and number two well, let's be let's dance, be by the way oh, let's be up. honest i have stroker eight stroker ace is, is an entertaining film but it is severely flawed what there couldn't be anything wrong with it <laughs> it is a great poster that yeah. i bought off of our good friend jared greer <laughs> who what? who has done Gentlemen. no wrong ever in his life so is this where he met lonnie or were they already married by that time i want i'm I'm curious about that yeah, say so you all want to tell the listeners what stoker ace is stroker aces but not stoker that would be about Brom, Brom stoker, stoker ace jr <laughs> he ran rally cars fighting <laughs> vampires stroker oh my god we need to write that movie 
Stroker Ace is directed by Hal Needham, and Hal Needham gave us Smokey and the Bandit and blah, 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 blah. But he's a NASCAR driver, right? Mm-hmm. I don't remember any of the other plot, any of the rest of the plot. He clashes with the guy who owns, who sponsors him. That's all I remember. I don't even remember that. Who and is- I, be- I believe I believe the owner is Ned Beatty. Oh, well, that makes sense because that tracks because it's a Burt picture. And, and it has Jim Neighbors in it, too. His buddy is Jim Neighbors, right? Yeah. Who, who, who is the best leading man in movie history? Bought yeah. the ladies off with a stick, Jim Neighbors did. He ended up owning a, like a nut farm in Hawaii. For the Are you serious? Yeah, I'm not shitting you. I'm Some sort of farm he raised nuts or something. Oh, I thought you meant a room of people for who are psychologically disturbed. No, <laughs> that's really, really insensitive. You, I almost really said something can't. awful. I almost I, said something I really, awful. I am not joking. Those are normally called asylums, Chad. He ran to the scene as well. That is really insensitive. You fucker. I'm an idiot. We don't call bat shit people nuts. <laughs> There's our hour in purgatory for this week. Ah, right. <laughs> Good night, everybody. It's funny oh. though. You could do a you could do a whole you could do a whole commercial for Jim Neighbors Nuthouse. <laughs> Nuttier than squirrel shit. Come on down. You see ghosts, goblins talking to grandma's vagina. Come on, hey, down. Jim Neighbors hey, Nuthouse. Get the Xanax ready. Die the Pam. Larry. Larry, shoot her down with the ice pan. I said, take her down. Sorry, that's an inside <laughs> joke for these two assholes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. James, number yeah, one. Neighbor's so- nut house. Are we on to the next weekend? July 8th, gentlemen. You know well, what happens on. July 8th? I can't believe, July- I can't believe Round it out. was the 4th of July big movie. But July it was, 8th. It was number 8th. Yeah, it was what, number eight. Nine and so ten. What was nine and ten? You didn't finish it out. Oh, uh, nine Survivors? and ten was Flashdance and the Survivors. Oh, Jesus. Okay. All right. So uh, we get to July 8th. And you want to know what film premiered this week that premiered in the top ten? What? Nothing. Star Wars remains number one, Return of the Jedi. Trading Places moves up to number two, though. Hmm. It, it keeps moving up the charts. Superman falls to number three. Superman three falls to number three. War Games goes from seven to four. Octopussy goes. Porky's two falls to six. Twilight Zone falls from four to seven. Stoker Ace remains at number eight. It premiered at eight, and by golly, it's going to stay at eight. Uh, Flashdance moves up to number nine from number ten, and The Survivors goes from nine to ten. No movies that premiered this week broke the top ten, gentlemen. Hmm. Yeah, ready for July fifteenth? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm still. I'm still perplexed of how the Fourth of July weekend movie was Stroke Race. <laughs> Is anybody well, okay. else not a little really Stroke Race? All right. Yes, that's Jim. okay because finally. Star Wars is going to be dethroned, and we we know, of course, what dethrones Star Wars: Return of the Jedi. Trading Places. Another film that defined 1983 as a year of phenomenal sequels that will never be questioned and should not be given anything but respect. Because, gentlemen, premiering at number one from Paramount Pictures, grossing nineteen million three hundred fifty-two thousand dollars. That's a big haul. Staying alive. Oh my god! Damn, I didn't realize it was that big of a hit. 
Really? Dan Alive uh-uh. knocks out Star Wars. Which, by the way, Joe, this is the weekend that they finally added more theaters than Star Wars. It jumps up to 1,644 screens, only for Stand Alive to premiere on 1,660 and knock it out of first place. So I've only seen parts of Staying Alive. It's awful, right? I mean, it's directed by Sylvester Stallone. Right. Yeah, I know that. It's I I haven't seen it. To me, it's kind of, I actually thought it was more of a ripoff of Flashdance. So this is the reason why I'm sitting here a little mesmerized that it came out in the same year. So obviously they're all being influenced by whatever fame bullshit things going on. Yeah, because it's John, it's John Travolta in a loincloth at one point in a headband, Basically, right? Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just didn't realize it was that successful when it premiered. That is shocking. Premieres at number one, knocks out Return of the Jedi. Now, keep in mind, Return of the Jedi had been, you know, in the top uh, number one for eight weeks. So, yeah. you know, take it. As as you will, but yeah, yeah. I mean, um. So of course, Star Wars falls to number two. Yeah. Number three is a re-release by Walt Disney, and we talked about this last week. Re-releases don't happen anymore because of home video and all that stuff. Well, right? they do, but they'll come out in three D, and their the sequels coming out because they did do this with Titanic. Not that they don't do they don't do it much anymore. I agree with you. We are waiting for that sequel to Titanic. Turns out I mean, not Titanic, sake. but uh, Avatar. <laughs> Avatar, Avatar. But they did re-release Titanic. They did, too. Uh, usually it's because, hey, let's see if we can get it back to number one overall or whatever. Uh, Snow White and the yeah, Senate it worked. It worked well for Morbius. Oh, God, that was a horrible movie. Uh, it's terrible. What would you say, James? Uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs is what's re-released. By the way, it in re-release on 1,062 screens, makes over 10 million dollars in re-release so if you ever wonder why did they re-release because it used to be i mean you couldn't watch it on home video and when these things went into the vault you had to wait till they came back out in theaters right uh sadly trading places falls back down to number four war game falls to five octopus falls back down to six superman three falls from third place down to seventh porky's two falls down to eighth flash dance holds on at number nine and Twilight Zone falls to 10. But the only new release, it's not a re-release, is Staying Alive that premieres at number one. Yeesh. Mm. We're now to July 22nd, and gentlemen, I know I know you're rooting for it. I know you want it, it to happen so badly that Staying Alive would hold on to number one, but it's not going to happen. We get another new release. And even though Stand Live holds pretty well, it only drops twenty eight percent. It makes thirteen million dollars over almost fourteen million dollars in the second week, but it's no match for the juggernaut that comes out and knocks it to second because Universal drops Jaws three D, <laughs> and it premieres at over twenty million dollars. That is insane. But the I mean, at the same time, it's average Jaws. on it is huge. 3D movies were rare then, mm-hmm. and it begins with it. It begins with a floating fish head, right? Just floating into the screen. It's been a long time since I've seen it. I think it's the fish head. It's per theater average is over fifteen thousand dollars per screen, or per theater. It it does really well. It knocks Stand Alive to number two. As a Lou Gossett Jr., he's in that, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That man is cinema gold. Not Dennis Quaid. 
Lou Gossett Jr. Also, uh, if you don't remember uh, Lou Gossett Jr., um, he's the one that played Black Bart in the uh, TV, TV series of mm-hmm. Blazing Saddle. <laughs> just, just in case you're wondering. No, seriously, I'm 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 not kidding about Julie Gossett Jr. I would watch. I still do if he's in a oh. if he's in something. I I I will sit down and watch it. I love Lou Gossett Jr. Dude, I have fantastic. I'll, I'll, yeah, actor. Digstown is watchable no matter what's going yeah. on in my life. Um, but anyway, so Jaws 3D, staying alive. All you suck at motivation. <laughs> <laughs> now you motivate me. Uh, Snow White mm. and the Seven Dwarfs holds on at number three making $7 million in its second week of re-release. Star Wars has now fallen to number four. But we get another new release at number five. And we all remember the 1983 classic starring um, uh, oh, Rob Lowe, Jacqueline Bassett, Andrew McCarthy, and of course the great Cliff Robertson. Class! No. <laughs> nope. Nope. Oh, you remember class? No. A young man at a private school spends one crazy night out, but soon realizes the woman who he hooked up with is not who he expected. Come on, with that summary, you must remember class. Oh, it was uh, directed by Louis John Carlino. I'll I'll stop talking about class. Nobody cares about it. Nobody remembers class. No. But it had uh, some of them Brat Pack folks in it, but nobody remembers it. All right, fine. You know why you all don't remember it? You have no class. No, that's Man. true. Nobody's going to argue with you on that. Trading Places falls to back down to six. Uh, War Games falls to seven. Octopussy falls to eight. Flashdance holds on again at number nine. Superman 3 falls to ten. Damn. All right, what do we got next? We are now at the end of July. This is July 29th. And we finally get a film that some people still hold in respect. And it knocks Jaws 3D out of number one. And actually takes almost 50% of its box office away from it. Because we get National Lampoon's Vacation. Oh, number one. that's cool. Yeah. And that's a, that is a classic that people still remember. Okay, yep. but that and what Psycho 2 and Return of the Jedi are the only three movies for a whole year. That's not so far. What did I miss? I don't remember. What am I forgetting? I don't remember. <laughs> well, gentlemen, it, well, Chad, there's another one that comes out this weekend that you probably have a soft spot for. You don't. But uh, so National Lampoon's premieres at number one. Jaws falls to number two. Star Wars uh, moves back up to number three. Um, Stay Alive falls to four. But at number premiering at number five. Making eight million dollars is, of course, the classic film Crawl. <laughs> Crawl. I watched it as a kid. I haven't seen it in a long time. I didn't even really particularly care for Crawl as a kid. I had. I didn't see it as a kid. I tried to watch it several years ago just to see, if, and I could not get. I got thirty minutes in and turned it off. I was so bored. Hmm. Now, did you know this? This is true. There's actually a giveaway that you get married on Crawl's set. Yeah, I remember you brought this up in a previous episode. It's just a good. uh, We need to check in on those kids, find out how they're doing, getting married on the crawl set and whatnot. Yeah. Um, But it was from the director of Bullet, which is sorry, it was from the director of Bullet, which was shocking. uh, But yeah, yeah. So 
that premieres at number five. And premiering at number six is another film that, again, defined a generation. Um, 1983's classic film starring Phoebe Cates and Betsy Russell and Matthew Modine, directed by Noel Black. Of course, I refer to Private School. Ooh. Private School. Anybody? Look up uh, the poster. It'll tell you what the film's about. <laughs> yeah. That is an uh, 80s poster. Um, uh, Trading Places, seven. Class fell to eight. And ninth is Snow White and Seven Dwarfs. Twins is, tenth is War Games, but no other ones. So so we're now to August, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. National Lampoon's holds on at number one. Yeah. Star Wars moves back up to number two. But at number three, a film that some people still talk about today, premiering at number three is Risky Business. Hmm. Anybody Risky Business? Well, I haven't seen it in a long time. And it, I, you know, I, I, honestly, I'm sitting here and I know it made Tom Cruise a star, but I'm sitting here thinking of Rebecca De Mornay and a really great shot of her when she drops the robe back. And I'm, I'm sorry, I know it may go, she's just absolutely beautiful and lovely in it. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I've had a crush on Rebecca DeMorgan. Yeah, I do too. Since, but it wasn't from Risky Business, believe it or not. Um, but yeah, I, I I, am not a huge Tom Cruise fan. I haven't been. I don't think I ever will be. Uh, with the, except there's, there's a handful of movies of Tom Cruise's that I thoroughly enjoy, which is more than most actors. But uh, I, I, I've ne- even before now, where he's almost in, insufferable. I've just never been a big Tom Cruise fan. And when I watched that movie, I just was not a fan of it. I just, I could never get into risky business. I know it's a classic. I know. It's got Joey Pants as the bad guy, right? Joey Pantoliano. It's also got Richard Mazur in it too. So in, in Bronson Pinchot and Curtis Armstrong. I mean, it's got a ton of actors in it that are amazing. But I just can never get into risky business. Well, if it makes you feel better, Chad, it premiered at number three. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but we do have another new release, not till number nine. But actually, I've never heard of this film. Maybe you all have. But now that I've, I've heard of it, I want to see it. Because it stars Hal Holbrook, Michael Douglas, Yafet Kodo, Sharon Gless, and it's directed uh, by Peter Hyam. Am I saying that right, Hyam? Yeah, Peter Hyam, yeah. Uh, who also yeah. wrote it with Roderick Taylor, and that is the film, The Star Chamber. Yeah, I've heard of it. I actually have never. I've seen The Star Chamber. Yeah. Frustrated with the legal system gone haywire, a secret society of judges hires hitmen to snuff out criminals who escape courtroom justice. But yeah. one young judge questions the ethics of their vigilante system. Other than sounding like an odd prequel to Judge Dredd. Uh, I've never seen it, but it, I, 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 I'm a big Hal Holbrook fan. I I uh, liked this movie when I was younger. I haven't seen it in years, but yeah, it it is a weird premise. But uh, yeah, it's it's kind of just a straight, uh, you know, early '80s action film. That's what it is. Yeah. Well, I premiered at number nine, making three million dollars. So not a huge hit by any means. But... Yeah, I can't believe it. It went that low. But there you go. All right. What's next? We are now to August twelfth where we will find another new release, but it doesn't unseat National Lampoon's holds on number one. But we have actually interviewed some people that worked on this film. 
or not interviewed, we've moderated panels. Yeah. Because premiering at number two, Cujo. Yeah. Mm. That's a now that one that one's a movie people still talk about more. 1983 is yeah. I mean, I, I'm still saying 1983 so far, with the exception of a handful of movies, is still a dog turn of a year for movies. So I can't. I can't. <laughs> I disagree. Cujo. So Cujo premieres at number two. Hold on, I'm getting ready to break Joe's heart. Uh, the rest stays pretty much the same, except we get to number ten. And guess what premieres at number ten, Joe? Smoking the Bandit three. No. Curse of the Pink Panther. <laughs> but you know what? Pre- you know what premieres at number eleven outside the top ten? Smoking the Bandit three. Yes, Joe. Yes, oh, it no. got it beat was... by Curse of the Pink Panther. Yeah. Smoking the Bandit three didn't top. Didn't break the top ten. That low. Yeah. It isn't Curse of the Pink Panther. It's not. That's, that's not. Uh, it's yourself. Yeah. No. It's who is it? It's, is it Benini? It, no, no, is, no, isn't it Ted Wass is the son, right? Or it's, something like that? I think it's made up of deleted scenes from the other movies, guys. Oh, is it? I think so. Worth, and they just kind of put makeup on somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... Okay. Yeah, yeah I, it's... David it's, Niven is in it, Robert Wagner, but yes. I, but I Ted, Wass is, uh, Ted Wass is the man hired to track him down. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And if you don't know yeah. who Ted Wass is, uh, Blossom. Blech. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's just made up of deleted scenes and things from the other Pink Panther movies that didn't make it in. It's Man, not watchable. That, it's not watchable. Yeah. And that premiered over... Smoking the Bandit 3. 3. That is crazy. All right, what about the next week? All right. Well, gentlemen... We do finally see a movie, a new movie at number one. Yeah. And that is, again, another classic, Easy Money. Yeah, I. there you go. Check. All right, ni- okay, 1983's growing. <laughs> I watched it a while back. It still holds up. It, it, I, I did too, and yes, it does. It's still. In fact, there are certain things of it that are better now than I'm older. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a great joke that would never get past the censors now when he's because Rodney Dangerfield plays a child photographer who has all these problems. And if you've never seen it, go out and watch it. But uh, when the little girl goes, how old are you? And she goes, I'm this many. And he goes, well, call me when you're this many. <laughs> right. Yep. Just I know. It's and fun. he's like, isn't he like smoking cigarettes, too, at the part at the kids? Yes, of course, it was the 80s. Everybody was smoking cigarettes and around the kids. I mean, it was a different time. You had cigarettes blown up your butt. Uh, no, in a station wagon with all the windows rolled up. Why did they make you go in the station wagon before they blew the cigarettes up your butt? <laughs> that sounds like an uncomfortable place to have cigarettes blown up your butt. That's why they put me in there. That was punishment. Yeah, makes or sense. was it? James. So uh, everything else seems the same, except I want to point out something that has been creeping in the background and all of a sudden gets wide release. This had been on the charts at number 14, number 13, but it moves up. And all of a sudden this weekend, they add 473 screens and it jumps to number three from number 12. And when it was in, I guess, a more limited release because Mr. Mom breaks the top 10 more than doubling what it was getting in limited release at number three. 
That's funny that they started out limited release on Mr. Mom because that's another movie. Once again, Chet says this year sucks, but that's another movie people will still know. I'm not, I'm not it's growing it's, on me. And it's written by John Hughes. I'm not saying though that 1983 didn't have some really, really bad films compared to the other years we've covered, though. That's not true. It had Smoke and the Bandit 3. Yeah. You not in the top 10. Keep, it, it. keep proving my point. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, no, uh, I, I don't care for Mr. Mom. I never did. I thought it was boring. What? Yeah. I, I was, hold on. The, the good thing is, Chad, you're going to be happy about another movie that breaks the top 10 that's a new release this weekend. Okay. Released by Universal, but directed by the great Charles Band. Metal Storm, the destructed, destruction of Jared Sin <laughs> premieres at number eight. Chad, you want to talk about Metal Storm? I've never seen it. <laughs> I've never seen it, James. You really have never seen Metal Storm? I've never seen Metal Storm, but I want to. It was released in 3D. Here's the plot summary. On a desert planet, warlord Jared Sin is trying to convince a tribe of mutants that he's their messiah and gain unlimited power hidden in a crystal. Roger Dogan and explorer Diana, whose father was murdered by Sin, By the way, Diana was played by Kelly Preston. Which we're going to see her come up later on again. Yeah. That um, stars the great Tim Thomerson. Which is not a shocker for, for Full Moon Entertainment. The great Richard Maul. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm I'm going to have to track down this movie. And Jeffrey Byron. That's some other people. But really, Richard Maul's the star. And the poster. <laughs> the I... poster is so 80s badass. And I'm sure the movie looks nothing like the poster. Oh, no, no. But... I love the fact they make sure it's 3D. Have you seen Metal Storm? Dude, I've seen it, but I I probably was, I don't remember anything about it. I I think it was one that they showed on Sci-Fi Channel when when Sci-Fi Channel was just starting up. Yeah. But it's got a 3.8 out of 10 rating, so you know it's good. Uh, But directed by Charles Band, written by Alan J. Adler. There you go. That's uh, the only uh, the, so those two, we get both uh, easy money and Metal Storm is new, and then Mister Mom breaks the top ten after being expanded quite a bit. But that is how we rang in August nineteenth. Oh my goodness, we've got to go a little quicker. Well, we're to August twenty sixth now, and all yeah. of a sudden, Mister Mom jumps to number one as they add five hundred one more screens. Risky Business never gets number one because Mr. Mom jumps it. Uh, Easy Money falls to number three. Risky Business holds on to number two. Uh, But there is one new release. I take that back. Sorry. Sorry. There are two new releases that break the top ten. At number five, Joe's favorite movie studio of all time, Canon Productions, releases... Or unleashes, I guess you could say. Um, Hercules. Yeah. Hercules. Anybody Hercules? Is this the one with uh, uh, Lou Ferrigno? Uh, Yeah, sounds right. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't pull it up. I I thought you all might have something about it, so I didn't pull it up. I have nothing to say about it. Um, And again, if it is, I'm sure I've seen it, but... um, yeah, yeah, it's the one. It's yeah. the one. It's the one with Lou Ferrigno and and Brad Harris. Yeah, I've uh, that premieres at I, number I five. 
premiering at number seven is a film more people probably remember. The Adventures of Bob and Doug McKenzie. Strange, Strange Brew. Yeah, okay, yeah, 1983 is good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, it, all right, I'm going to be the one who shits a little bit on Strange Brew. How can you shit on Strange Brew? It's almost so strange. It. You were just basking about Smokey and the Bandit 3, but you're going to... Yeah, but mainly that's me just being an asshole, being completely honest, and by the, I haven't seen Smokey and the Bandit 3 in a long time. And that that lady that's in that movie is almost intolerable. Uh, gosh, such a bad performance. But I haven't watched Strange Brew in a long time, and I think it was too weird for me to get as a kid, and I wonder if that's what's made it odd to me the rest of my life. I didn't see it until I was in high school. My friend said, uh, the one friend I had in high school said, Chad, you have to watch Strange Brew, and I watched it, and I was so in love with it. It was so funny and bizarre. It is very bizarre. So yeah, I I have I have a soft spot for uh strange so what's so what's next, James? Well, I want to talk about so we're to the week of September second, the the begin the weekend that begins September second. And there are no new things in the top ten. No. But I've got to go beyond the top ten because I want to talk about a couple of these because I've seen them. And I know what you're thinking. How many films would New World release on one weekend? You would hope not many. Well, the answer is more than you would think. But premiering at number 15 is Mortuary, which is mm-hmm. released by Artist Releasing. Okay. I don't know if anybody knows Mortuary or not. No. But premiering at number 17, released by Universal, is Nightmares. I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. Nightmare's the poster is minimalist at best. Two eyes and the hand sticking out, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, directed by Joseph Sargent uh, and, and starring uh, Chris, Christina Raines, Joe Lambie. Um, but most importantly, Emilio Estevez yeah. is, is, is one of his early roles. Uh, but nobody talks about Nightmares anymore. But I wanted to bring this up because even though these are all outside the 10, we then get into what I'll just call the uh, New World releasing stack. Striker yeah. re- is released by New World. Deathstalker, which I've totally seen. And then we've interviewed somebody involved with this, premiering at number 21 in, as a new release, Turkey Shoot. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Brian Trenchard-Smith. Yep, yep. Uh, Australian film, for those that don't know. But it premiered in the U.S., actually at 21, and I have seen Turkey Shoot, and it should have premiered, and I've seen Deathstalker. I must admit, I haven't seen Striker that I remember. But Turkey Shoot, yeah, it should Turkey have Shoot should have been way above Deathstalker. Yeah. Uh, it's a far better film. Far better film. So, but I wanted to point this out, because that's a slew of films. Deathstalker does have, it's a sword and sandal been mocked by Mr. Sasser 3000, whereas Turkey Shoot has not. Turkey Shoot has some social commentary. Deathstalker has about an 80-minute runtime. Uh, so, all right. September 9th. Uh, Nightmares, by the way, from Universal. Remember I said it premiered at 15? It jumps up to number three in its yeah. second week. Well, I don't know what it's got going for it, but I probably should check it out, I guess. Joe Lambie. Uh, but you know what else comes up this weekend? What? Nothing. 
Revenge of the Ninja premieres at number 15 from Canon. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's skip it. Next weekend. That's that's what I've got, folks. Um, we're now to September 16th. And as far as new movies coming out, by the way, Star Wars is still holding on. Nothing breaks the top 10, but two films at 12 and 14. Um, MGM UA Classics releases Who Dares Wins, uh, which comes out at number 12. But Orion Pictures uh, releases at number 14, Strange Invaders. I've seen it. It's a, it's, oh God, it stars Paul Lamatt from, and I think Nancy, oh, she was married to Brian De Palma. Nancy, what's her name from Robocop? Nancy Plus. Allen. Oh. I can't remember. Paul Lamatt was, uh, had some fame. He, I mean, he's in, uh, what's it? American Graffiti, but it's not a, oh God, it's such a strange picture, guys. You really should find it and watch it. It's not without merit. It's just such an oddball picture. There's aliens. I, it's a small town. I'm, I I know I could go. I We could do a Bonehead Weekly fun size about strange Vaders, but keep going, James. Um, I guess what that, we're at September 23rd now. Is that where I left off? Because, sure. Joe, we finally get one of your all-time favorite movies that you've brought up on our show, quite honestly, several times. I don't know if sarcastically or not. But it's one that has a sequel, which is surprising, because I believe the protagonist dies at the end. Because premiering at number four, uh, Mr. Mom, by the way, held on to number one. Risky Business is still at number two. National Lampoon's is at number three. But premiering at number four, it's your all-time favorite film, Joe, Eddie and the cruisers oh my god yeah and in the cruisers too eddie lives on the docks you know i why do i always think eddie and the cruisers came out in 84 not 83 i don't know why by the way to our listeners since joe just ramped up strange invaders it is streaming free on tubi currently it you should check it out if you're looking for something really bizarre with paul lamatt if you know him from uh, he's just a forgotten actor I, I don't mean any disrespect it's just no one talks about him um so and he was in a number one picture i mean he was in in, in a few things other than that as well i just i it's just i i want you two to watch it and come i'm gonna watch it since it's on tubi and i'll let you know so james what did you say premiered eddie on the dark the side oh eddie and the cruiser <laughs> screw that movie <laughs> the only thing people remember is the damn song on the dog side and i have no idea how that fucker got a sequel did we talk about why it got a sequel no no no, I don't know. So, by the way, guys. though, what? What? The release that comes out this week it is outside of the top ten. Premiering at thirteen, though, is a film that was originally shot in 1982, and sounds like one we would watch on a bad Halloween movie night. Starring Christopher George, Linda Day George. Wonder if they're related. They are. Uh, and Frank Brana, released in the U.S. in 1983. Uh. Filmed in 1982 and released in its home country under the title of Mil Gritos Tien La Noche, released in the United States as Pieces. The co-eds of a Boston college campus are targeted by a mysterious killer who is creating a human jigsaw puzzle from their body parts. Something for the kids. Yeah, basically. Um, but that's the only other thing that premieres at 13. So we are now to the end of September. And... We do get some new 
releases that are in the top 10. Okay. Number premiering at number one from Sony Pictures, The Big Chill. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Big Chill. Anybody? Okay. Yeah. yeah 1983. Yeah, yeah. One of the best soundtracks uh, of all time for a movie. And I don't know if anybody knows this picture. We may need to look this one up because I've never heard you all talk about it, which is rare. That we there's not a film that any of us have touched on. The honorary consul. No idea. Premieres at number three. Let me pull this up because I want to know what, how it premiered at number three. Uh, um, you're you're blanking out there for a second, James. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm not so, seeing it come up. Also, I'm not. Uh, I've got it. I've got it. It was re-released under a different title. It originally premiered under the title "The Honorary Consul." Beyond the limit. Beyond the limit. Richard Gere, Michael Caine, and Bob Hoskins. Hmm. So it's a Bob Hoskins movie, so I immediately have to see it. <laughs> During the Dirty War, a half-English doctor in Argentina befriends the police, the rebels, and the alcoholic honorary British consul, whose Latino wife he seduces. When the consul is mysteriously or mistakenly kidnapped by the rebels, he must pick a side. Hmm. I'd never heard of that film before. I don't like picking sides. Um... I always pick the wrong one. And then another 1983 classic that I'm sure you'll have an opinion on. One of you will. Released at number six by MGM. Another classic. Brainstorm. Brainstorm? <laughs> Christopher Brainstorm. Walken Brainstorm. Oh, okay. I got nothing. <laughs> I've seen it. It's beautiful. Uh, the- Why isn't it no, Natalie no. Wood's Brainstorm? Well, oh, because I never remember that she's in it, but I always remember that he's in it. And I, it's a beautiful film with a lot of great visuals. I just, um, I don't think it quite works. So basically the plot, though, is they develop a device where you can jump into somebody else's mind. Right, yeah. And then what's her face? Uh, Nurse Ratchet. Louise her, Fletcher. Louise Fletcher. And then Cliff Robertson's in this one, too. Man, Cliff Robertson had a busy 1983. Mm-hmm. But basically, she records her death. So yep. we f- kind of figure out what happens. Yeah. All right. Who's next? What's um, next? And there are no other new releases in the top 20 that week. So there you go. So we are now, gentlemen, crossing with quiet dignity into October. Chad and I uh, never do anything with quietness or dignity. October nope. 7th, premiering at number one, as it should is, as I aforementioned this evening in a segment we did for Good Movie Monday, the classic Sean Connery return to Bond, Never Say Never Again. And so it I premiered think, at number one? Premiered at number one. I Ten million, this, almost a million dollars. I think this almost is the only Bond film I have not seen. Really? You've never seen it? Don't, I, re- I, I don't uh, remember a damn thing about it. I know Kim Basinger is the Bond yeah. girl, right? Bond lady. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, I don't know anything about it. Um, what premieres at number one? At, what at, is? At, at, never say never again. Premieres at number one. Okay. And uh, uh, it does it does okay. Um, but gentlemen, premiering at number three and taking it almost a fifth of what number one premiered at is a movie not many people talk about. Though the cast people do 
know pretty well. Romantic comedy. That's the name Anybody? of the movie. Romantic I've never heard of it. Dudley Moore and Mary Steenburgen star as successful writing partners whose timing is perfect on stage, but amusingly pathetic in their own love life. Hmm. Directed by Arthur Hillard. Written by Bernard Slade. Arthur Hillard? It or stars Arthur Dudley Hiller. Moore, Mary Steenburgen. Arthur Hiller. Arthur Hiller and Steenburgen. Arthur Hiller. Yeah, yes. them too. Them too. God, listen. God, Dudley Moore. Dudley Moore made so many movies that are just so damn forgettable. Like what? Everyone remembers Funny Farm. Holy Moses. Best Defense. Uh, Funny <laughs> Farm. I know Funny Farm. Everybody remembers. Oh, it's Stir Curtain. It's oh shit. Where oh. they all create? Yeah, that is, I'm, I'm playing. The where they all create the, their marketing to become. Yeah. Reality. Still crazy. So, no. Damn it. James, keep going while I look this now up. I'm going to have to look it up. Keep going. Well, the Jackson, only look... other new re- there's a couple other new releases, but they all premiere in the lower 30s. But I'm going to mention them anyway because I know Joe's a big fan. Crazy of... people, Joe. Crazy people. I, That's it. I know Joe's a big fan of this one that premiered in 15 I theaters. Like, I actually like crazy people. This premiered in 15 theaters at number 31. Again, another one Joe will love. The Smurfs and the Magic Flute. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't either. Nobody does. Uh, Premiering at number 33, Walt Disney's Never Cry Wolf. Anybody Mm. remember that one? No. I don't. But premiering in one theater that will come back, speaking of of, uh, a certain other this was a, a, a last week we talked about another book from this author that got adapted into the film. Um, number thirty-seven, Rumblefish, premieres yeah. in one theater from Universal. Um, so there you go. We are now to October fourteenth. Never say never hangs in at number one. The Big Chill hangs in at number two. Mister Mom's at number three. Risky Business is at number four. Romantic Comedy is at number five. Brainstorms at number six. Revenge of the Ninjas at seven. Flashdance, by the way, goes from 10 to number 8. It <laughs> never goes away. It is, Chad, it is the latter part of the year's answer to Tootsie. Oh, my God. Um, National Lampoon's Vacation is number 9, and hanging in at number 10 is that Star Wars. The oh. only other new film that comes out in even the top 20 uh, is Possession. Is in 69 theaters. Hmm. But if nobody has any comment on that, no, let's roll on. on. Now, this one shocks me a little bit because this is one of my favorite adaptations of a certain author's books. Never Say Never Again holds in at number one still in its third week, only loses 17% in its third week, and brings in still, again, in its third week, two million more dollars than the next movie, which is a new release. Called the Dead Zone. No, oh, well, there you go. Which, oh, wait, this was a busy year for Walken too. Well, it's a busy year for Walken, and it let's be Cronenberg. Uh, That's his second movie. Yeah, yeah. But the Dead Zone is one of my favorite King adaptations. Uh, it's especially close the, to the book. Time. Actually, I did. I never read the book till a few years ago, and it's it's pretty close. I mean, they they cut chunks. 
and because you have to because of it being novel but as far as just it's hard to it gets the spirit christie's complaint was is it and, and it's about actually walking that he doesn't quite get the anguish because of because and i get what she's saying it's not it's a legitimate criticism because he's christopher walking the yeah. you don't get the anguish that you do from reading the book that that man is tortured and yeah yeah he has that one breakdown scene yeah he has one yeah. but it's 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 walking being walking it still doesn't kind of yeah. bring the the torture that he's God's been a real sport or to, to me. me. Yeah, yeah. It and it's a cool scene. And you've never read the book, it plays fine. But when you read the book, it's it's oh Jesus, yeah. But you never know. He's such uh just it, it's I, I he's not as much of a Jesus character as John Coffey is in the Green Mile. But yeah. it's, it's it's a progression of a man writing a story who's eventually going to get there with one character being punished so badly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Big chill, by the way, holds in at number three, but number four, it's a film. Most people don't talk about anymore, uh, but under fire, anybody know anything about under fire? Cause I do <laughs> talk about it. No, I do. I do. Uh, under fire has a great cast. It's got a seven out of 10 still to this day on IMDb. It stars Nick Nolte, Ed Harris, and Gene Hackman. Directed by Roger Spottiswood. Yeah. And it's about three journalists who end up in this romantic triangle, but it's actually during the fall of a corrupt regime in Nicar Nicaragua, which was very much of the time. Um, and that right before it fell to revolution in 1979. So it was based on historic events, and then they had this thing. But... It's just got a great cast. And if you've never seen Under Fire, I wouldn't say I'd run out to watch it, but it's pretty well done. And actually, the trailer is even compelling uh, because you, you follow um, a codec. Back in the day, kids, we had film rolls. And you follow a film roll as it falls and it intercuts to scenes and then the camera drops and all this stuff. Um, but it's it's this odd little romance set during a war and the fall of a a country effectively. Hmm. I bring that up because it, it of course, like I said Deadwood, uh, Deadwood, <laughs> Dead Zone was number two. It opens at number four. Number six is All the Right Moves. All the Right Moves with Tom Cruise. But here's, gentlemen, what I didn't know. Which, by the way, real quick, um, Risky Business is still at number eight. All the right moves actually moves risky business down. But in between those, in a Tom Cruise sandwich, if you will, is a film that Which I just assumed dream. premiered higher. What? It's the film that I assumed premiered higher. Premiering at number seven, the right stuff. Oh, really? Oh, that, yeah, I that, that, that started at number seven, yeah. I Yeah, I, I would have thought it premiered higher. Hmm. Huh. I, I, I was shocked by that. I mean, because I just, you, I always assumed it was a classic, and it is. Yeah. But it didn't, it didn't light up the box office. Um, other than that, uh, Deathstalker moves up to number 12 somehow. The only other new release, even in the top 20, is the Osterman Weekend. Hmm. I got no. I got no. All right. Going. October 28th, we're heading into Halloween. 
And of course, when you think Halloween, you can't help but think how much in its fourth week you'd want to see Never Say Never Again at number one. Really? <laughs> but number two is uh, uh, definitely alternative programming to that. Premiering at number two, Richard Pryor, Here and Now. Okay. Which um, is one of his concert films, right? Yeah, but I haven't seen it in a long time and I don't remember anything about it. The one I always remember live at the Sunset Strip, which yep. came after he, uh, it's the one he did after the fire freebasing incident. Yeah, yeah, after he laid himself on fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Next- Dead Zone falls to number three. Big Chill falls to four. All the Right Moves moves up to number five. The Right Stuff moves up to number six. Under Fire falls to number seven, but going from number 22 to number eight, and basically going from limited release, it was only in 11 theaters, to wide release, Educating Rita. Oh. Michael Caine, yeah. 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 And then premiering at number 15, Chad's favorite film from canon, The Wicked Lady. Never. Anybody know anything about The Wicked I Lady? Never I, looked seen it. It. I looked at it. I have no idea what it's about. I didn't even bother to look it up. But anyway, that's that's uh, so that gives us October. No major Halloween releases, you may have noticed. Yeah. But all right, I had to pull up November real quick. We are now to November. <laughs> Hold on. What is school? Hold on. <laughs> oh, so you the, got Wicked Lady. Please tell me what, what Wicked Lady's about. The Wicked Lady has a pretty amazing poster. Uh, it stars Faye Dunaway. Um. Caroline is to be wed to Sir Ralph and invites her sister Barbara to be her bridesmaid. Barbara seduces Ralph. However, she becomes the new lady. But despite her new wealthy situation, she gets bored and turns to highway robbery for thrills. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm yeah. in. I mean, she's full on uh, black uh, handkerchief over her face, whip. Uh, I forget the old the old type of gun what it's called not a bluster bus but a, anyway uh, yeah, blunder bus anyway go ahead well gentlemen now we're to november and of course all things must all good things must come to an end never say never again is finally unseated from the number one spot after four weeks of i didn't realize high. it was that big of a hit well, it's, it's Sean Connery back at Bond. I mean, oh, honestly, yeah. I, 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 I didn't know it lasted for four weeks, but I knew it did okay. Like, it wasn't a failure. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't, you know, it was, it was somewhere in the middle. But you have to remember, this is also after people, Octopussy never got to number one because of what it was up against. Right. Um, but it is finally unseated by what we can only assume is the greatest film to ever star Sigourney Weaver, Gregory Hines, and of course, Chevy Chase. Yep. Directed by William Friedkin. Yep. How can we not talk about Deal of, of the, the century. century? I remember it. <laughs> I've seen it. He doesn't, I've read Friedkin's book, and there's a couple of pictures he doesn't talk a lot about. And I, one of them is that damn tree worshiping horror film he did. He doesn't even mention it in the book. But I don't remember him talking about this one much either. It also stars Walt 
I have I don't know. I'm sure I've saw it at some point because I used to watch every Chevy Chase film. I, I, I have seen it. Yeah. But I need to go back and watch this one. By the way, Chad, do you know the plot to this? No. A small times arms dealer in South America to sell we- uh, is there to sell weapons to the revolutionaries. Winds up negotiating the sale of an experimental plane to the nation's dictator. Yep. Huh. So it's kind of like Nicolas Cage's uh, Lords of War. Is that what that movie was called? Lord of War. The Lord sequel War. we're getting now, sir, is Lords of War. Oh, I didn't know we were getting a sequel. Yeah, yeah we announced it the other day. Uh, but that premiered at number one. Uh, Never Say Never fell to two. Richard Pryor fell to three. Big Chill held on to four. All the right moves held on to five. Dead Zone falls to six. The right stuff falls back down to seven. The Osterman Weekend moves up to number eight. Educating Rita falls to nine. And Mr. Mom falls to ten. Hmm. Um, the only new release in the top 20 is that number 19 Paramount Pictures releases Testament. I didn't want to upset any Testament fans. No, nope, yeah, no, nope, we're good. Uh, November 11th, Big Chill moves into number one finally. Um, Never Say Never holds on to number two. Richard Pryor is number three. Deal of the Century falls to number four. All the Right Moves is number five, holds on at five. Dead Zone holds on at six. The Right Stuff holds on at seven. Educating Rita moves back up to number eight. And Walt Disney's Never Cry Wolf actually moves into the top ten at number nine. Osterman Weekend falls to, falls to ten. Mm. Um, the only other new release that even breaks the top 25, and I want to mention this one because it is one that some people might know and you all might actually have a comment on, is uh premiering at number 21 is star 80 yeah i well the comment i have and, and if you don't know star 80 it's about the the stars eric roberts and can't think of the lady who played, uh, Mar- mariel hemingway mariel hemingway and cliff robertson again once again cliff, cliff robertson not have a new movie every weekend peter bogdanovich was pretty pissed about the movie and star 80 i think is directed by um Oh, Bob Fosse. Fosse. Bob Fosse, yeah. So it's it's oh, I never remember her name, James. What's her name? Mariel Hemingway. No, no, the actual, no, no. It's based on uh, Dorothy no, Dandridge. No, not Dorothy Dandridge. The murder of oh, she's oh. a Playboy playmate. Um, yeah, I forget murdered. her name. Shoot. Uh, 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 Dorothy Stratton. Dorothy Stratton. Yeah. I was close. Oddly enough, uh, Bogdanovich ended up being, I don't know if he married, but he was being pretty, he was in a fairly serious relationship for many years with her younger sister. Food for thought. But anyway, next. Um, So that is uh, November 11th. We are now to November 18th, where we will see again another classic horror film get a 3d follow-up because premiering at number one is amityville 3d 3d that's another one i don't remember a damn thing about that's not the one with the lamp right no it's not the one with the lamp okay nor is it the one where jeremy miracle was drunk one night screaming you don't take that shit paulie that's the second (laughs) one (laughs) oh uh yeah yeah there's by the way there's a franchise that keeps making a comeback and i'm not exactly sure why 
I, I, I mean, kind of like the remake with Ryan Reynolds. No, no, I'm. But I mean, how many, how many, how many Amityvilles were there? Oh, there's a ton. Too the, many. There's That's a funny. bunch that were made for TV too. I mean, there's yeah. Just... Uh, so anyway, that premieres at number one. Big Chill holds on at number two, but number three. And keep in mind, we are now to November 18th. We get the release of something that we will see annually from now on until probably long after I'm dead. A Christmas story. <laughs> when did it come out? Jesus. November 18th. I thought it came out in the summer. I am a dumbass. But for some odd reason in my head for years, that movie came out in the summer. Well, uh, and, and what did it premiere at? It premiered at number three. Yeah. It made $2 million mm-hmm. on 886 screens. The right. per screen average was only slightly above. Never say never again. Right. Um, but by the way, uh, anybody want to say anything about a Christmas story? I think most people know what a Christmas story is. Premiering at number five this week is uh, 20th Century Fox's a Night in Heaven, which was released in more theaters, but obviously did not do as well. Uh, that just sounds like a made-for-TV movie title. Well, Chad, so here's the obvious it's what plot. I give out to people who come stay at my house, if you know what I'm saying. It stars the great Leslie Ann Warren and Christopher Atkins, written by Joan Tewksbury and directed by John G. A- uh, John G. Abelson? Abelson? Abelson. yeah, he directed uh, he directed Rocky. And Rocky uh, yeah, but uh, it is uh, effectively about a married college professor who begins a torrid affair with a failing student who secretly moonlights as a late night strip club dancer. <laughs> I need to go watch this immediately. And the, <laughs> yeah, well, just I don't from, know. Just it's, for Leslie Ann Warren. It's yeah. R-rated, Joe, but don't worry. It's only an hour and twenty minutes long, so you won't you'll you won't waste too much time. Oh, the, post, about... the, the poster is a sight to see. Oh yeah, it's a great poster. Yeah, it's a poster. What's the name, of, What's the name a, of again? A night, a night in, in heaven. A night in heaven. But by the, the way, story. was I foreshadowing earlier? Yes, yes, I was. Because jumping from number twenty-seven in limited release to number eight. Atlantic Pictures releases The Smurfs and the Magic Flute in a total of 183 theaters, and it grosses over a million dollars. So it jumps into the top ten. Um, only other new releases, actually there's a couple. This is when we're going to start getting limited releases where people are trying to shoot for that Oscar. Uh, Nate and Hayes premieres at number 14 in a lot of theaters, so that wasn't a shooting for the Oscar. Nobody talks about Nate and Hayes. From Paramount. Well, I remember it. Do you? We've talked about it on here before, right? Well, you tell the people about it's, Nate. It's a, it basically it stars Tommy Lee Jones, and I don't remember who the other one is. Correct, and it's a it's a ripoff of Indiana Jones. Oh, it stars Michael O'Keefe, not to be confused with Miles O'Keefe. Oh. But yeah, set in the eighteen hundreds, so it's set. Yeah, 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 yeah. What I just said. Not a horrible cast, though. You're right. You've never seen it? I, we talked I about this before. I don't think so. You've watched all those other It was a vintage movies. year for slave mongers, do-gooders, murderers, and Bully Hayes. What a slogan. So, uh, Bully Hayes is the name of the movie? Nate and Hayes. Nate and Hayes. Nate and Hayes. I'm sorry, I was watching Leslie Ann Warren fawn over a stripper. Mm-hmm. As you should. 
Um, but uh, the only other new release in the top 20 premiering on 13 screens, Yentl. Yentl. I have never seen it. No, and I'm not going to. I'm Yeah, I'm with Chad. I'm probably not going to see it. Hey, guess what happens the next week, though, gentlemen? What? As we get to November 25th, Oh shit! Which I'm assuming, <laughs> I'm assuming would happen to be near Thanksgiving. A Christmas Story jumps from number three to number one. Oh, that's good. It actually earns ninety percent more than it did during its premiere week. Adds fifty-two theaters, grosses almost four million dollars that weekend, and beats out some film nobody will ever talk again, talk about again ever. As a matter of fact, you probably have never even heard of this film. Paramount Pictures releases something called Terms of Endearment. Uh, <laughs> oh, anybody want to talk Terms of Endearment real quick? It's a good guess. movie. It's a good movie based on an award-winning book written by Larry McMurtry with an almost perfect cast. And Burt Reynolds was an idiot to turn down the role that Jack Nicholson took. Yeah. Yep. Uh, he was doing Stroker. Yeah, you're probably right, Chad. So probably right. You're wrong. No, no. <laughs> on this one, I'm on this one. I'm completely right. It is a happy accident. That's uh, James. Um, he created. He worked on Taxi and blah blah blah. James, I can never remember his name. He's also one of the creators of The Simpsons. Um, uh, James Brooks. James Brooks is. It is a happy accident. I think it's the first movie movie he directed, and there's a lot of stories about behind the scenes. Can Can I bring up one film? that no. did premiere this weekend it premiered at number 17 only in 199 theaters yeah but had a per screen gross average of $2716 which is better than a lot of other films were doing and gave us somebody that would go on to become RoboCop and this wasn't his first film but I wanted to bring this up because this film was released by Warner Brothers. Mm -hmm. And I know what you're thinking. Sure, sure, if you want to talk about the greatest rap film of all time, it's Willard. But... No, I've seen this one. Doesn't Peter Weller's performance in Of Unknown Origin deserve some credit? I've. It's actually directed by George Cosmostos. Yes. Who would, who would go on to give us Leviathan. And his son, Pan, would direct one of the best Nicolas Cage films of all time, Mandy. Yes. You I agreed on all counts. He forgot about Tombstone, which he technically, uh, from stories, did not direct, actually direct. He technically showed up on set and said, action's what I hear. Yeah. <laughs> and then would piss off on the other, it would be pissing while during a take. Yeah. <laughs> but by the way, of unknown origin, 1983, Peter Weller, best known for most people as, uh, well, from that Star Trek movie, but also Robocop. Also, Robocop. Actually, uh, Unknown Origins, not a bad picture. No, I mean, it did better than they thought it would. That's why I wanted to bring it up, but nobody talks about an Unknown origin. No, no, it's a, it's a forgotten rat movie. Yeah, I mean, but it's basically, here's the plot, kids. He buys a house, he gets the house exactly how he wants it, and then this demon rat moves in. It's not actually a demon. Or is it? You don't know. You don't know. The best rat movie is Graveyard Shift. There's something defending it the other day. I can't. I, well, actually, I do know he's been a guest on our show. Yeah. Chris um, Alexander. All right, gentlemen, we are now to December 2nd. 
we're closing in on the end of the year, and I know what you're thinking. Gee, this totally has changed my mind about 1983. It is the best year for films ever, said no one. Um, hey, I'm on the fence. Terms it's of not the best year. It had some good movies, though. <laughs> Terms of Endearment holds uh, holds on at number one, or was number two, moves to number one. Christmas Story moves back down to number two. Still doing okay, though. Yeah. Big Chill, number three. Never Say Never Again holds on at number four. The Smurfs move up to number five. Damn. All the Right Moves moves up to number six. Dead Zone had fallen out of the top ten and fallen to 13, jumps back up to number seven. Educating Rita jumps back up to number eight. Amityville 3D falls all the way to number nine. Richard Pryor is at ten. And gentlemen, ain't nothing else new this week. Hmm. Okay. They re-release Vertigo. That's it. <laughs> So we jump to December 9th. And gentlemen, this is the weekend we finally get some new films. Because if you're going to talk about a film that had massive cultural impact, that people have tattoos of, that, oh, it's going to have major impact, number premiering at number one and making $9,688,000 is, of course, sudden impact. <laughs> sudden impact. impact yeah anybody sudden impact i haven't seen it in a long time guys i don't remember the plot of it or anything i just remember him going through the uh plenty sweat for our people out there yeah playing dirty harry he was right um it's him go i'm just all i remember is him going through the the obstacle course shooting his gun that's literally all i remember of sudden impact yeah, yeah, it is another Dirty Harry film, and it stars Sandra Locke, uh, who had no effect whatsoever on Clint Eastwood. And, <laughs> it's an inside Pat joke. Pat Hingle is also in it. Uh, Pat Hingle. Everybody loves Pat Hingle. Well, especially in Maximum Overdrive, where he gave the best performance of all time by any actor ever. And now, this is followed by a film, so that, that was premiered at number one. Uh, this is followed by a film that a few people still talk about, so I probably do need to uh, mention it. Um, Scarface. Oh, Scarface. Scarface. I'm sorry. Some people talk about this film still. It's, Scarface uh, came out. Scarface. I, I number keep two. thinking that's an 82 one. And I just. Scarface always... came out number two. Uh, yeah, no offense. You, we can't say 83 sucked anymore. In terms I, of I endearment, filed to number three. It's like three, I didn't say it at all. Will you stop bashing nineteen eighty three so we can finish the show? <laughs> because number four, man, it was a good year for Stephen King. Because number four is Christine. I didn't realize that. Yeah, there's another one I completely forgot about. Norda, why would you release the night Christmas? December ninth. December ninth. Yeah, December why would you, thank God I went back in time. We're almost done with this shit. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah, December 9th, Christine. That's crazy. It is a little yeah, so scarface, scarface. By the way, yeah. What are, what, what are we going to do this year for Christmas, Papa? We're going to well, Tony Montana, your cockroach. It does. Uh, scarface does have a lot of snow in it. That's right there. Yeah, it's a much better joke than what I did. Good job, James. I, I did what I can. By the way, Yentl is finally in wide release and jumps up to number five. Fuck Barbara Streisand. Yeah. Um, Mecca Streisand. Uh, anyway, um, that's uh, that's it. By the way, you'll be sad to know, Joe, that by this point, a night in heaven has fallen to number sixteen. I was worried. Um, 
Number 23, though, is another new release, The Dresser. It's about furniture. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it, though. But Scarface and Sudden Impact and Christine all premiering on the same weekend. I got to give them some credit for. Yeah. yeah. Now we're up to December 16th. Oh, the holidays are coming. So what's going to be number one now? Sudden Impact still. <laughs> what's number two? That's also Scarface. What's number three? Still Terms of Endearment. But number four is two of a kind. 20th Century Fox's great two of a kind. Does mm. anybody know what two of a kind is? I, I yes, but I want to look it up. I cause I can't it's a it's a it's a John Travolta and Olivia Newton John coming oh, back together. Makes... When God decides to destroy Earth, four angels aim to redeem mankind through a young man and woman with their own troubles. Yeah, this is dreadful. <laughs> it's Oliver Reed, Charles Durning, Beatrice Strait, and Scatman Crothers Brothers. as the angels. Oh my God! What a great cast, though. <laughs> all right, I get. I, all right, I give. Let's go watch it. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. let's find it and watch it. It seems to be done. Yeah, I'm sure but, it's a deep philosophical film right up there with the seventh uh, seventh seal. Hold on, let's see if it's streaming. I, it's not listed under streaming. Because, gentlemen, when I tell you the next film... Well, just go ahead and tell us why he's looking it up. Well, gentlemen, because this film... Yeah, I'm waiting for him to say the film that... Two of a Kind beat out Paramount Pictures film starring no one that matters, Uncommon Valor. I'm kidding. It stars Gene Hatman, Patrick Swayze, and Robert Stack. Yeah. Ten years after his son went MIA in Vietnam, U.S. Marine retired Colonel Jason Rhodes assembles a private rescue team to find Americans held in POW camps in Laos. Hmm. How did Uncommon Valor lose out to Olivia Newton-John? Uh, I guess it was of the time, right? Olivia Newton-John, John Travolta. Uh, maybe that's it. Oh, no. But also released this weekend, and actually premiering at number seven, which I wouldn't have thought was... The Rescuers. Walt Disney's The Rescuers. And The Rescuers was a big hit. That's the reason, remember we talked about this and, and it ended up there's a reason there's a sequel to The Rescuers. Have we talked about this on here? Yeah, because Disney used to not do sequels. Now they do right. all the time. But they right. used to, I mean, that was a that was a verboten. Yeah. So The Rescuers. It was also forbidden. The Rescuers must have just kept on playing throughout the Christmas season. All right. Next weekend. Well, we're not done yet, Joe. What? We're not even to the top ten because I, if I don't mention this next one, Chad will kill my whole family. Uh, you have no idea how much I'm bouncing off my chair waiting for you to say this, so I can say that 1983 is seriously the best year ever for movies. Because premiering at number nine from Universal Pictures in 862 theaters, where it somehow averaged only $1,815 per theater, is a little film called DC Cat. There you go. It came in at number nine. That is oh, shocking. That let me go ahead and, and, and make is, it worse that because fantastic terms of endearment. <laughs> Poor Christine. <laughs> Talk about perfectly cast. By the way, number ten must be a movie about me because Sony Pictures unleashed the man who loved women. But, uh, by the way, two of a kind ain't streaming shit. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Anybody know anything about the man who loved women? Isn't that that's Burt Reynolds? Yeah. Oh, you're right. Um Well, uh, remade I, I, uh, remade from a French film. 
that came and out it's, in 77. It's, it's got, uh, I, I've actually never seen it other than it has one of the worst movie posters ever. But I love his beard in it. It's <laughs> yeah, it's, that, is, that is one of the weirdest damn beards in the history it's of beards. directed by Blake Edwards and it's got Kim Basinger. And you Mary can keep Lincoln. saying that. That doesn't make it a, not, not a piece of shit. It by the way, amazing. This was a huge book, and I didn't know it premiered this low. Though the poster for it is horrible because premiering That's what at I'm number saying. ten, it's awful. No, no, no. I'm talking about the next movie that premiered oh. at number. I'm sorry, premiered at number eleven. Ten was the man who loved women. Another new release premiering at number eleven was Gorky Park. Oh, really? It's right. Which next was a Ichiku huge Park. book. Michael Apted directed it. Starred William Hurt, Lee Marvin, and Brian Dennehy. Mm -hmm. uh, if you never, but the book is, is it was an international thriller. Uh, a Moscow police officer investigates a vicious triple homicide and stumbles upon a high level, a high level international political conspiracy. So uh, I own the first edition of the book. So Michael office. Hurt, we never talked about this. Is he one of those actors that just when he's on the screen, he rubs you, he rubs me the wrong way every single time. Michael Hurt or William Hurt? William Hurt. William Hurt never rubs me. He won't touch me. <laughs> <laughs> I just, every time he's on the screen, it's just, nah. <laughs> no, no, he doesn't give me Stephen Dorff vibes. It just seems like he has no rate. It just, it, it's just always like it wooden acting. I'm just William Hurt. I just, I can't get into it. I never could get into it. I, so, his, some of he the doesn't get into you now. Some of the movies he makes, I thoroughly enjoy, but it's not because of him. You loved him as Thunderbolt Claptrap. Kiss Kiss of the Spider Woman. Uh, Thunderbolt Claptrap. Michael. <laughs> the Body Heat. I mean, Big Chill. But again, it's not because of him. So, by the way, this is the loaded weekend for movies that got released that nobody talks about anymore. Gorky Park, number 11. Number 12. Joe, I thought you might have a comment on because I do know that you are indeed you suffer from that medical condition where you you're obsessed with Kurt Russell. Yeah, Silkwood. Oh yeah, Silkwood premiered Silkwood. at number twelve, starring that Meryl Streep. That must have been a limited release. Yep, directed by Mike Nichols, mm -hmm. written by Nora Ephron mm -hmm. and our, our Alice Arlen. But uh, yeah, it's probably Kurt Russell's best film where he's a, uh, where, that involves a worker in, at a plutonium factory. Oh, I'd imagine so. All right, are we moving uh, on? Oh no, there's more new releases that just went nowhere because there's another 1983 release which I'm I'm double checking to make sure because I think we've seen this one. If I'm remembering correctly, I'm just double checking if my fingers would work. Uh, yeah, 1983, we also see the release of Michael Mann's film this weekend starring Scott Glenn, Ian McKellen, and Alberta Watson, The Keep. The Keep. Yeah, The Keep is a really flawed movie that some people love, but I don't I don't understand why. That premiered at number 13. And then... Uh, one other film premiered at number 14 and it's another one that I'm kind of shocked because I own this one and I didn't even know it came out this year. Mel Brooks and Anne Bancroft in To Be or, or Not no. To Be. 
Well, everything's just getting killed at the Christmas box office. Yeah. 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 They're I mean, trying to squeeze everything they can into those last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So those are the ones that, I mean, all those were new releases and they didn't even break. DC Cab, let me drive this point home, was the best performing other than the rescuers. But DC Cab was number nine. All those films I just named, uh, the Man Who Loved Women was number yes. 10. Gorky Park was <laughs> Don't 11. Don't go through them all again. Yeah, yeah, just go to, the, next go to the next one. Just saying. Yeah, we got it. The audience got it. The people over in Canada got it. Joe and I need to sleep. We're not vampire like you. Over in Canada? <laughs> over, over in Canada. Like, over the seas? Yeah, they got that damn wall and shit because they don't want Americans in there. <laughs> December 23rd, Do guess what happens? Them? No. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing happens. No new releases break the top 20. Nothing? None. No. Uh, matter of fact, the only new release... Uh, actually, there are no new releases that break the top 30, Joe. That's okay. DC Cab falls to number 10, though. Son of a bitch. Sudden Impact, by the way, is still maintaining number one. So we finally end up on December 30th. We're going to close out 1983. Hold on. Joe and I can both... One, two, three. Thank God. (laughs) Hey, the people like these, you said. Um, Yeah, they, they also listen to us, which means they don't have any taste. Keep going. Uh... Don't worry, gentlemen. You know the new release that comes out December 30th that breaks the top 20? What's that? There's not one. <laughs> There's not one. DC Cab is just A Christmas Story is still holding on at number 17, and Christmas is over. That's how bad it's going. DC Cab, by the way, is still at number 10. It didn't fall. Matter of fact, Chad, you'll be glad to know that it went up because of the holidays. Uh, they added 34 screens for it to make sure it held on at number 10. Damn Yentl, straight. by the way, did move into the top 10, though. It is now at Fuck number Yentl. three. Alk. Terms of Endearment moved to number one. Sudden Impact fell to number two. But otherwise, everything else. Two of a Kind is at number five. Uh, Uncommon Valor is still at six. Rescuers still at number seven. Silkwood jumps up to number eight. Christine holds on at nine. And then I said DC Cab is number 10. Uh, to be or not to be moves up to number 11. But that's it, folks. There are no new releases that change between. So before Christmas, through Christmas, everything, they they jockey for position, but no new releases break the top 20. Hmm. Oh, 1983 oh. is probably problematic for that reason. The ones that stayed at number one, be it a holdover like Tootsie from 1982, or the ones that get released Star Wars, there's just nothing that breaks those. Mm-hmm. And so if you just look at the top 10, it seems like a very stagnant year. So I can see where people come from when they say that it may have been the worst year in some ways. Because if you're only looking at the top 10, or especially if you're only looking at the top three or top five, it yeah. does seem a very stagnant year. Yeah. yeah. But I don't mean to say anything bad about Tootsie, Chad. Stop threatening me. Let's see. <laughs> this one was a rougher year to do. We we had more surprises. I mean, there. Were, yeah. I won't say it's the worst year ever. It's not. But as we, but, it, 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 it took a long time to get there. Well, I there's. Say. I was gonna say there's 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 a lot of coal before you find these diamonds. That's true. And, you know, if I was the age that I am now and still being a movie fan, that year would have been hard to get through because I'm just like, when is something good going to come out? 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Well, and I was thinking as a parent, what are you going to take your kids to see from all that? And by I mean, the way, yes, yes, I'm, Joe, of course you're going to take your child to see uh, a night in heaven. Sure. Sure. Joe. The rescuers was a re-release in 93. It didn't come out in 93. I thought okay. that seemed odd. It was like 1970s when that came out. Yeah. Yeah. It's a re-release. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. But it's still trucking along. <laughs> oh. Uh, right. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, this has been 1983. We appreciate you listening. I don't really have anything else to say other than. We won't do another one of these for a while. But if you have a certain year where you really want us to talk well, about. I really want to do 85 and 86. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, Back to the Future. <laughs> Look at Chad. <laughs> Sorry, you- listeners. I yeah. tried to block that. <laughs> that wasn't Chad sneezing. I thought that Chad was, was going to throw up because he was going to have a stroke because we were going to do 85 and 86. Um, this wasn't cleared by the committee. <laughs> it's like been the revoked. show, the committee? Well, by the way, I actually, I, and I, I usually if it's Twitter, it's me. Uh, usually. Uh, 99.9% of times. But I, I did throw out the idea of doing weird cars used in films there as well. Yep. Yeah. You put me in that one thing. Yeah, well, I thought you would like to see the Texas Doodlebug. Texaco Doodlebug. Why doesn't Texaco make more cars? I'd like to do the Texas Doodlebug on my own. <laughs> All right, that's it. Let's be weekly. Grrrr. <sighs>